1: Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? Blessed, blessed, blessed Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday was yesterday, but for us in the extraordinary form, it's a first-class octave every single day, a first-class octave. And we have the Ember Days coming up this week as well, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, which are days of uh, partial abstinence and fasting. Uh, four times a year. Gratitude for all that God has given us. It's just so beautiful. I pray that you had a wonderful Pentecost um, and that it's not over for you. It'll be an eight-day octave. Um, until Vatican II, it was, but um, I know in the Novus Ordo, it, 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 is, it is not, but we are celebrating that. and. I think there's three wonderful points to Pentecost. Pentecost, by the way, is a Jewish holiday. Um, it became um, 50 days, 47 weeks, 49 days, and one after the Passover. The Jewish people uh, celebrated the Feast of Weeks, which in Hebrew is Shavuot, and also in Greek Pentecost means 50. 50 days after Passover was Pentecost, the Jewish feast of Pentecost before the church was established. Again, Shavuot and the Jewish people, the men were to go to Jerusalem three major feasts a year. One was Passover, the second Shavuot, uh, Pentecost, and the third, the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall. Um, And so uh, it was also fell Shavuot, um, the Feast of Weeks, fell also on what is considered the birthday of Judaism, the giving of the law of God on Mount Sinai through Moses. And the giving of the law, the Torah, um, is celebrated every year and falls out on the Feast of Weeks on Pentecost. And so all the Jews were up there in Pentecost and um, for the festival, for their Jewish festival, and it was... Um, the birthday of Judaism. And it was on that glorious feast that God poured out his Holy Spirit on the disciples and all the Jews up there in Jerusalem. And what was the birthday of Judaism became the birthday of the church, which is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the world. That is what Catholicism, Christianity is. A third point is that The Jewish people did not understand God as a trinity of persons. Um, They knew Him as one God, that God was Spirit, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, um, and as Father, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, was revealed at the Incarnation. And now at Pentecost, it would be the third person. Of the holy trinity the triune god of abraham that would be revealed at pentecost when the holy spirit uh, was poured out upon the people Um, and they spoke in tongues not gibberish not not babel but reversing babel exodus or rather genesis 11 when the people thought there's nothing to stop them They built a tower to get to the heavens, and God confused their languages and broke up their pride, and they could no longer understand each other, um, and they dispersed. Um, Pentecost is the reversal of that, because the Jews came from all over uh, to Jerusalem with many different dialects, which they didn't understand each other, even though they were all Jewish. and God poured out the gift of tongues on them so that whoever was speaking, you heard in your, your own language. So if you spoke German, I would be hearing it in English. If I spoke English, you'd be hearing it in German, in your own language. It was discernible. That is the official gift of tongues. And um, so the revealing of the third person of the Trinity, that God is one God in three persons, um, the fulfillment of of uh judaism which um the birthday of judaism which became the birthday the birth of the church and then um uh the feast of weeks pentecost which again um in that glorious feast of the jewish people 50 days after passover um comes pentecost which is now a christian holiday because uh to be a Christian means to be a Christ's one, one who belongs to Christ. Christ is the English word for Messiah. A Messiah, Mashiach in Hebrew, Messiah in English, Christos in Greek, and Christ in English. They are one in the same word. So to be a Christian is to be a follower of Christ. Christ, C-R-I-S-T, C-R-I-S-T. Um, C-H-R-I-S-T, and the suffix belonging to I-A-N was added onto Christ. So, if you are a, um, in the day of Christ, if you were um, a smith, let's just say, um, and you served, um, you were a slave of the Jewish people, um, or you were a slave, you were Jewish slaves of the Romans, And the Jubilee came and you were free, but you came to love the family and the, the children loved each other and they played together and your slave got married and his family grew up with you. And when he was freed after seven years, he loved you and you loved him and he wanted to continue to serve you now of their own free will to be a bond slave, not by coercion, not by true slavery, but by free freedom. Of his own will, he took on the, the slave, took on the family's name. So if the family's name was Smith, for example, he would be Smithian, I-A-N, meaning one belonging to Smith. And so in our Lord's day, our Lord came first to his people, to the Jews. And um, the Jews who believed in him and followed him were mocked by the Jewish people who didn't believe in him, didn't follow him. And they mocked the Jews who followed by calling them Christians, by attaching I-A-N onto the name of Christ. And they said, you're, you're, you follow him, you're his slaves, you're Christians. And the Jews who loved Christ and followed him said, we'll take it, we are his slaves. We are bond slaves. We are his slaves by our own free will. We love him. And so they were called Christians, um, the book of Acts says, first called Christians Christians in Antioch, and here it has stuck for over 2,000 years. We are Christians. We are one ones who belong to Christ, who follow the Jewish Messiah. Um, there's a beautiful article. I always look up um, what Dom Garanger, uh, 200 years ago, um, who restored Gregorian chant to Europe and 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 in the Benedictine order at St. Peter's Abbey in Salem, um, I always look at, he has a 15-year liturgical uh, set, uh, 15-volume set on the liturgical year, and his writings are so beautiful and Benedictine, and so we follow that, we are Benedictines. And he writes, the great day which consummates the work that God had undertaken for the human race, has at last shown upon the world. The days of Pentecost, as St. Luke says, are accomplished. We've had seven weeks since the Pasch, that's the Passover, and now comes the day that opens the mysterious number of 50. This day is the Sunday, already made holy by the creation of the light, And by the resurrection of Jesus, it is about to receive its final consecration and bring us the fullness of God. In the old and figurative law, figurative, beloved, because there's nothing in the old law that didn't point to Christ. I think what St. Augustine said, in the old law concealed, in the new law revealed. In the old and figurative law, which prefigured Christ, God foreshadowed the glory that was to belong at a future period to the 50th day. Israel had passed the waters of the Red Sea thanks to the protecting power of his paschal lamb. Seven weeks were spent in the desert, which was to lead to the promised land, and the very morrow of those seven weeks was the day whereupon was made the alliance between God and his people. the pentecost the 50th day was honored by the promulgation of the ten commandments of the divine law and every following year the israelites celebrated the great event by a solemn festival when i grew up we would call it Simchis torah the rejoicing Simchis torah over the law but their pentecost was figurative the pentecost in the day of moses like their pasch was figurative because it pointed their their dead lamb pointed to the one true living lamb there was to be a second pentecost for all people as there was to be a second pasch for the redemption of the whole world the pasch with all its triumphant joys belongs to the son of god the conqueror of death pentecost belongs to the holy ghost for it is the day whereon he began his mission into this world which henceforth was to be under his law the law of the new past under the final lamb of God the law of love beloved there's the music for our first break you are welcome dear ones to call in at any time during this hour always toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the and we'll be right back
2: Hi, this is Joe McLean, Host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show Weekday morning, 7am on the Station of the Cross We'll keep you informed and inspired With insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day That's the Catholic Drive Time Weekday morning, 7am on the Station of the Cross And the iCatholic Radio app We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7am Praise be to Jesus May God love you you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area, never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so, so happy to be with you alive and live. Um, We are right in the middle of an article, uh, right actually the beginning of an article by Dom Prosper-Gueranger on Pentecost. Truly, truly beautiful. But again, I welcome you to call in. Our lines are always open. Uh, with anything at all on your heart, it does not have to be our message. The heart of the matter is the, harder is the matter of your heart. So, anything at all, um, we'll do our best to answer. And when we don't know an answer, we look for at least a way to refer you to where you might get the answer. Our toll free number, 1 511 5483, or email at mother at the station of the Um, Dom Geringer has talked about the two Pentecosts, one 50 days after the Passover um, in the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, and the second that has happened, which we celebrated yesterday, um, in the giving of the new law and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, 50 days after the death of the true Passover lamb. And Dom Guerin says, but how different are the two Pentecosts? The one on the rugged rocks of Arabia amidst thunder and lightning promulgates a law that is written on tablets of stone. The second is in Jerusalem on which God's anger has not yet been manifested because it still contains within its walls the first fruits of that new people over whom the spirit of love is to reign. In this second Pentecost, the heavens are not overcast, nor is the roar of thunder heard. The hearts of men are not stricken with fear, as when God spake on Sinai. Repentance and gratitude are the sentiments now uppermost. A divine fire burns within their souls and will spread throughout the whole world. Our Lord Jesus had said, I am come to cast fire on earth, And what will I but that it be kindled? The hour for the fulfillment of this word has come. The spirit of love, the Holy Ghost, the eternal uncreated flame is about to descend from heaven and realize the merciful design of our Redeemer. It's so beautiful, beloved. And just a little aside here, if you're on our email list, um, you would have received an email we sent out, I believe, this past Saturday for Pentecost, and um, it it describes the birth of the church and all that took place on Pentecost, um, and even have a dialogue between Jew, two Jewish men at Pentecost who didn't know what was going on and finally discovered their Messiah. If you're not on our email list and you'd like to be Um, Go to um, www.motherofisraelshope.org under newsletter, and you'll see as you click on newsletter, the very first, right up on the top, you could sign up for our newsletters in regular mail and email or both, uh, and or or both. Um we, we are happy if you sign up for the paper copies as well because we normally enclose a holy card or a CD or something in there which the email uh, list won't get unless you ask for it. But um, if you go ahead and want to receive that email, go ahead and sign up today. We'll send it to you. Dom Garangay says, Jerusalem is filled with pilgrims who have flocked thither from every country of the Gentile world. They feel a strange, mysterious expectation working in their souls. They are Jews and have come from every foreign land where Israel has founded a synagogue. They have come to keep the feasts of Pasch and Pentecost. Asia, Africa, and even Rome have here their representatives. Amidst these Jews, properly so-called, ...are to be seen many Gentiles, who from a desire to serve God more faithfully... ...have embraced the Mosaic law and observances. They are called proselytes. This influx of strangers who have come to Jerusalem... ...out of a desire to observe the law gives the city a Babel-like appearance... ...for each nation has its own language. They are not, however, under the influence of pride and prejudice as are the inhabitants of Judea, neither have they, like these latter, known and rejected the Messiah, nor blasphemed his works, whereby he gave testimony of his divine character. It may be that they took part with the other Jews in clamoring for our Lord's death, for Jesus' death, but they were led to it by the chief priests and magistrates of the Jerusalem, which they reverenced, as the holy city of God, and to which nothing but religious religious motives have brought them. It is the hour of tears, the third hour of the day, fixed from all eternity for the accomplishment of a divine decree. It was at that hour of midnight that the Father sent into the world that he might take flesh in Mary's womb the son eternally begotten of himself. So now, at this hour of tears, the father and the son send upon the earth, the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from them both. He is sent to form the church, the bride and the kingdom of Christ. He is to assist and maintain her. He is to save and sanctify the souls of men. And this his mission is to continue to the end of time. Beloved, that is the mission of the Holy Spirit, to save and sanctify the souls of men. <clears throat> Suddenly is heard, coming from heaven. I've got a chill right now reading this to you. Suddenly is heard, coming from heaven, the sound of a violent wind. It startles the people in the city it fills the cynical with its mighty breath a crowd is soon round the house that stands on mount sion the hundred and twenty disciples that are within the building feel that mysterious emotion within them of which their master once said the spirit breatheth where he will and thou hearest his voice like that strange invisible creature which probes the very depth of the sea and makes the waves heave mountains high, this breath from high heaven will will traverse the world from end to end, breaking down every barrier that would stay its course. The holy assembly have been days in fervent expectation. The divine spirit gives them this warning of his coming, and they in the passiveness of ecstatic longing await his will, As to those who are outside the cynical and who have responded to the appeal thus given, let us for the moment forget them. A silent shower falls in the house. It is a shower of fire, which as the Holy Church says, burns not, but enlightens, consumes not, but shines. Flakes of fire in the shape of tongues Rest on the heads of the hundred and twenty disciples. It is the Holy Ghost taking possession of all and each. The church is now not only in Mary, but also in these hundred and twenty disciples. All belong now to the Spirit that has descended upon them. His kingdom is begun. It is manifest. Its conquest will be speedy and glorious. Beloved, I feel like I'm watching a movie unfold. I'm taking a look every once in a while to see if you called in, and if you have, I will pause and, and take your calls. one 511 5483 To continue now with Dom Garagé, but let us consider the symbol chosen to designate this divine change. He who showed himself "'under the endearing form of a dove "'on the occasion of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan "'now appears under that of fire. "'He is the spirit of love, "'and love is not only gentle and tender, "'it is also ardent as fire. "'Now, therefore, that the world is under the influence "'of the Holy Ghost, it must needs be on fire.' And the fire shall not be checked. And why this form of tongues? To show that the heavenly fire is to be spread by the word, by speech. These 120 disciples need but to speak of the Son of God, made man, and our Redeemer, of the Holy Ghost, who renews our souls, of the Heavenly Father, who loves and adopts us as his children. Their word will find thousands to believe and welcome it. Those that receive it shall all be united in one faith. They shall be called the Catholic Church, universal one. That is, universal existing in all places and times. Jesus had said, go, teach all nations. The Holy Ghost brings from heaven Both the tongue that is to teach and the fire that is the love of God of mankind, which is to give warmth and efficacy to the teaching. The tongue and the fire are now given to these first disciples who by the assistance of the Holy Spirit will transmit them to others. So will it be. So will it be, beloved, to the end of time. An obstacle, however, opposes the mission at the very ab- outset. What would you say that is? An obstacle, Dom Geringer says, opposes the mission at the very outset. Since the confusion at Babel, there have been as many languages as countries. Communication by word has been interrupted. How then is the word to become the instrument of the world's conquest? and to make one family out of all these nations that could not understand each other. Fear not, the Holy Spirit is all-powerful and has provided for this difficulty with the other gifts wherewith he has enriched the 120 disciples, he has given them that of understanding of all languages and of making themselves understood in every language. In a transport of holy enthusiasm, they attempt to speak the languages of all nations. Their tongue and their ear take in, not only without effort, but even with charm and joy, this plenitude of word and speech, which is to reunite man together. The spirit of love has annulled the separation of Babel, Men are once more made brethren by the unity of language. How beautiful art thou, dear Church of our God. Heretofore, the workings of the Holy Ghost have been limited, but now he breatheth freely where he willeth. He brings thee forth to the eyes of men by this stupendous, stupendous prodigy. Thou art the image of what this earth was when all its inhabitants spoke The same language. There's the music for our second break, beloved. It's our half-hour break. We'll be back with an entire half-hour all to ourselves. And again, you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your mind. Toll free, 877-511-5483 or... Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless
0: listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received.
3: Catholic radio has just been a lifesaver for me. I start my day with it. I listen to it all day long, as much as I can. There's always people calling in with people who've lost children, and I love it. everyone has to say and the advice of the Catholic Church and how to deal with suffering. It has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning. I am very grateful for it. Catholic Greater to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I've enjoyed it very much listening to it.
0: If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us.
2: There's no better way to start your day than by tuning in to hear real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. This is the one thing. If we get one thing right in our life, we need to listen to the voice of Jesus with open hearts. That's why God, the Father on the Mount of Transfiguration, He said, this is my Son. Listen to Him. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross.
1: Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour all to ourselves. And again, I'll repeat the call-in number. You're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. you're welcome to text at the toll-free number as well we have a comment from beverly on facebook beverly said i read that the early fathers and saint thomas aquinas thought that our lord's birth was miraculous but now we believe it was a natural birth but without pain which is correct they're both correct our lord's birth was a miraculous birth um as far as uh, natural, um, meaning that he was born from a woman, um, as any child would be, but it was miraculous because Mary remained a virgin. So I'm not sure what the actual wording is that you read, Beverly, but the early fathers, St. Thomas, thought our Lord's birth was miraculous. It is, but we believe now that it was a natural birth, but without pain. Well, without pain is miraculous to begin with, um, because that was the curse, and Mary was not under the curse. It is without pain, but it was natural only that our Lord was born of a woman, um, but it was miraculous because Mary remained a virgin, and our Lord came through the veil, so to speak, uh, without it being broken. That is indeed miraculous, so uh, it's the same um again um, uh, it it i wouldn't call it a natural birth uh it's a supernatural birth without pain again, because um, our our um, uh, our Lord came through the mother he created for himself um, and kept her a virgin um, so that is miraculous so if natural means not. Miraculous, then, we don't use the word natural. It was a supernatural birth through a woman who was a virgin and remained a virgin after the birth of her son. We have an email from Helen who says, Hello, Mother. Um, Let's see now. Um, I am from Ireland, um, and I listen to your radio show most days. I'm a Christian and a widow with two teenagers with autism. Oh, that's quite unusual, Helen. I think I heard you say that faith is a gift from God. It is absolutely a gift. And I just have one question about that. Is it possible for God not to give the gift of faith to a child who has been baptized into the Catholic Church? And if that is true, how can that child find his faith? Thank you so much, Mother, and God bless you, Helen. When a child, and I don't know what age, that child is who was baptized. But when a child is baptized, the stain of original sin that separates uh, him or her from God is removed. And the very life of God, the grace of God, is poured into that child. And he or she becomes indeed a child of God. And that includes the gift of faith. That's why it's so important. Um, And the promise that parents and sponsors, uh, godparents, must make for any baptized child to raise them in the faith, to raise them in the faith because they've been given grace. They've been given the faith to believe. And a child is baptized uh, sometimes secretly because the parents won't baptize the child and maybe a grandmother or someone else baptizes the child secretly but does not raise them in the faith. And the child grows up and doesn't know the faith. So he can lose that faith if it's not nurtured and developed. We have a call from Denise in Toronto. Well, hi, Denise. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Mother Miriam, how are you today? Uh, Just fine. Thank you, dear.
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah, I have a question, and I think it's timely. (laughs) I was just thinking about, well, well, Jesus said to the apostles that um, he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them. And the Holy Spirit came on at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And my question is this. Um, then we see how Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and, um, you know, when she met with the Virgin Mary. So I'm just wondering, like, was the Holy Spirit present on earth, like, also, you know, during the, um, like, the, the pillar of fire that led the Israelites out of Egypt? Like, was the Holy Spirit on earth before? before Jesus
1: sent them to the apostles? Like, I'm just yes. confused about that. The answer is yes. A ho- the Holy Spirit, as you know, is God. And God is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Father is not any place where the Son and the Holy Spirit are not. And the Spirit is not any place where the Father and Son are not. God is God, one God. But He wasn't revealed. Um, the, the triune nature of God was revealed progressively through history. Um, and so, for example, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, um, God fills us uh, through our baptism and, and even further through our confirmation, comes to live within us. And apart from mortal sin, he remains in us. He's the indwelling Holy Spirit and uh, doesn't leave unless, again, we, we leave him by, through mortal sin, which, again, through a good confession, we would be restored. But in the Old Testament, God came upon people with his Holy Spirit and indwelt them for a time, for a mission such as Moses, such as King David. In fact, when King David uh, sinned gravely with Bathsheba, um, it took him a year to confess his sin. He was confronted by the prophet Nathan. And then he wrote Psalm 51 in confession, "Create in me a clean heart, O God. And he said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Because God would take his Holy Spirit from people. Um, and so yes, the Holy Spirit uh, it, the very first uh, the beginning of Genesis uh, the Spirit hovered over the face of the earth. Uh, the Holy Spirit was part of creation. So uh, all of God does what God does. Um, we've assigned through, through the years different roles to the Father and the Son and the Spirit. But he is God and um, no one breathes without apart from the Holy Spirit, and so yes, He was always on Earth. And um, when um, uh, Mary, uh, who was with child, visited her cousin, as you know, Elizabeth. Elizabeth was also with child six months ahead of Mary. John the Baptist is six months older than than uh, Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit came upon her and the the child in her womb, John the Baptist, leapt for joy. Um, so, uh, And even, even um, Denise, if you look at John chapter 20, when our Lord was raised from the dead and the disciples were huddled for fear of the rest of the Jews in the upper room, Jesus came through the wall and said, Peace be with you, and showed himself to them and showed himself to Doubting Thomas... And Thomas um, wouldn't believe. Remember that? And Jesus said, go ahead, put your hand in my side, Thomas, and don't be unbelieving, but be believing. And Thomas did believe, and he said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus, with those disciples, said to them, um, John chapter 20, around verse 19, he breathed on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. And he said, whose, fit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you retain are retained. And so God, prior to Pentecost, gave his disciples the Holy Spirit right in the upper room as the indwelling Spirit.
3: Okay. And then this Pentecost, so it's just such a special day. There's there something where he brought it in a very strong way, the Holy Spirit? Or
1: just... No, you're right. That. You're yeah. right. Yes. Um, in in um, John chapters 14, 15, and 16, I believe, um, Jesus said, you know, he he said, I go to a fair place for you. And they said, where are you going? We don't want you to go away. And he said, if I don't go away, the paraclete, which is the Holy Spirit, the comforter, um, won't come. He said, if I go, the comforter will come. I will send another um, um forget the exact words like in my name and uh another comforter is our our lord's word and in the greek another meant not another of another kind but another of the same kind well if jesus is god the comforter would be also god and so it was the ascension jesus needed 40 days on earth uh, after his resurrection and then he went into heaven and 10 days later on pentecost sent the Holy Spirit, poured out the Holy Spirit on all the disciples, on everyone in Jerusalem, thousands and thousands of people, and they believed. And that was the birthday of the church, and everyone was baptized. So yes, it was the revelation of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus had gone back to be with his Father, and he said, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you by way of the Holy Spirit and and he will be with you to lead you into all truth to teach you all things.
3: Okay, thank you so very from, much. I,
1: you're yeah, welcome. Okay. So prior to Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was always everywhere. We wouldn't he's our creator. He's everything. He's God. But he didn't live indwelling the people of Israel, which is why they failed over and over and over again. And when God, because God gave the mission to Israel in Isaiah 49, you are to be a light to the Gentiles. He gave them the mission of bringing the world to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the only God who exists. And then, but they failed a thousand times. Why did the Messiah come through them? Because of their faithfulness? No, but because of God's faithfulness to bring about his purpose from Abraham through Isaac, Jacob, and judah and david all of that to the messiah so the messiah came through israel for israel and for the entire world and in acts chapter 1 verse 8 now the disciples had the holy spirit and he said now i want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utter ends of the world. Now they had the indwelling Spirit finally to empower them to do the mission to the world that He gave them uh, hundreds of years back.
3: Wow, I'm, I'm going to have to listen to this later, Mother, and ponder it. It's really, really quite amazing.
1: Yeah, it Thank is. You. It absolutely is amazing, which makes me grieve, Denise, when we sit in Mass on Sunday um, and have a sermon, a homily, and and Pentecost is not even spoken of, it's not taught, and everyone leaves without having a clue what Pentecost is about. How long have you been a Catholic, Denise? All my life. (laughs) See what I mean? See what I mean? Three generations are lost to the faith because the priests and the bishops... For the most part, not totally, thanks be to God, have simply stopped teaching the faith. It's absolutely tragic. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank okay, you. Okay, sweetheart. Okay, look up Pentecost. Uh, Google it. Um, look it up. Look up Dom Geringer and Pentecost. Look up uh, Fish Eaters website, fisheaters.com. It's a funny name. Um, and, and learn about Pentecost and all the holy days. Okay, God bless you, dear. Okay, we have a call from Bernadette, Indiana. Hi, uh, hi, Indiana. Hi, Bernadette. Hi, Mother. Hi,
4: sweetie. Um, Go ahead. Your other caller that that, uh, asked about uh, a natural birth or a supernatural birth of Christ. Right. Uh, You were... It beautifully, but you stop short of referring to the Holy Spirit. But no, the Venerable Mary of Agreda's mystical city of God. Uh-huh. Um, being a slow reader, I always look down the table of contents, and they explain beautifully how exactly Christ was born. And um, I've found it extremely fascinating. So, as they explain, an analogy would be.
1: All right, Bernadette, uh, well, Bernadette, hold on, hold on, dear one, because you'll be cut off by the break. Can you hang on till after the break? You just made me think of something else. I should say, there's nothing natural about Christ's birth. I don't know who said it was natural. It's not. It's totally supernatural because it was the Holy Spirit that came upon Mary. So let's continue this right after the break, Bernadette. Don't go away.
2: the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts, from planned gifts... To employer matches. We even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the q number of those shares. That's one 6279 Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity.
1: Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app.
2: What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give.
3: I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it.
2: I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com.
1: to mother miriam live this is our last segment we have about 10 minutes left and you're welcome to call in at one 877 5483 or email at mother at com. We're on the line with Bernadette from Indiana. And um, Bernadette called in about a previous conversation we had about the natural or supernatural birth of Christ. And I was somewhat giving in to the word natural, although without pain, but, but it's absolutely nothing natural about the birth of Christ. Um, It was the Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary. Um, She was a virgin and remained a virgin. She was a virgin before the birth of Christ and remained a virgin after there's nothing natural about the birth of Christ. But Bernadette had something about St. Mary of Agretta. Thanks for holding on, Bernadette.
4: Hi, uh, good morning again. Yeah, Yeah. venerable Mary of, uh, some people say Agrida, some people say Agrida, and she wrote The Mystical City of God. She had, um, through visions, uh, dictated, actually, her whole life, the life of the Holy Family. And there's a four-volume set, The Mystical City of God, not to be confused with St. Augustine, City of God. That's right. But there's also an abridged version. And if you go down... And it's approved, conduct... by
1: the way. I just want to make that comment. It is approved. Go ahead. As a
4: of fact, the English translation was signed uh, where Our Lady of America appeared in Rome City, Indiana, in the Bishop's Room. Mm-hmm. As it describes in detail how Christ was born. And in short, it's been a long time since I've read it. Uh, St. Joseph took a nap our Lady went into ecstasy, and Christ arose like rays of light through her middle section, rose up, and was birthed into the arms of St. Michael and St. Gabriel. And then um, baby Jesus was handed to our, our Holy Mother. And, um, you know, and an analogy could be so that people can understand it but please read it it is absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. um if you had a dark room or a dark house and all the walls were made of glass and you lit a candle in only one room it would light through you know yeah. all through all of the glass. and if you think of it that way and read it please read it mystical city of god i have it, it. Will be mm-hmm. so beautiful
1: Okay, Bernadette, God the, bless you for calling in on that, Bernadette. And um, I'm, I'm just so sorry I even wanted to give um, credence to the word "natural" uh, without pain. It, it, there's nothing natural about the birth of our Lord. Well God bless you.
4: Know, you. That brings the mind The laws of nature are the' laws of God. Right.
1: That's right. And, and anything supernatural is outside the laws of nature. That's right. That's right. Bernadette, God bless you, dear one. I know you've called in before. It's always good to hear from you.
4: Thank you. God bless you.
1: God bless you, you, sweetheart. We have a text from somebody who writes in Anonymous and says, Hello, Mother. What is the Divine Mercy... Listen to me. What is the Divine Mercy devotion? I keep hearing this and have no idea what it is. Please explain what I must do and when. Well, not what you must do, but what you can do... Um, and you are missing out on a tremendous treasure. Um, If you are able to go to the um, website, thedivinemercy.org thedivinemercy.org one section is the forms of devotion and under that it explains the image of divine mercy the feast of divine mercy the hour of great mercy the chaplet to be prayed a novena Um, it's basically a devotion that our Lord gave to the church through St. Faustina And he wanted the world to know, especially as times get worse toward the end, which we are getting there. Um, We are in the end times, but the end times actually began on the cross with our Lord. I believe we're in the end of the end times. How close to the end, we don't know that. But um, as things get worse, our Lord, in his great mercy, um, told Saint Faustina to let the world know that his greatest attribute is his mercy his greatest attribute is his mercy because his mercy would suffice for every single sinner regardless of the number of sins the kind of sins uh the heinousness of sin his mercy is there to forgive if only we would turn to him and on the divinemercy.org website it says through saint faustina the merciful Savior has given the aching world new channels for the outpouring of His grace. These new channels include the image of the Divine Mercy, the Feast of Mercy, and that is on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is the Sunday following Easter, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Novena to the Divine Mercy, and prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is the hour of great mercy. And it goes on to say although these means of receiving God's mercy are new in form they all proclaim the timeless message of God's merciful love they all they also draw us back to the great sacrament of mercy which is the holy eucharist where the living lord who suffered and died on the cross and whose heart was pierced with a glance with a lance rather pours forth his mercy on all mankind, and grants pardon to all who draw near and honor him. Jesus told Faustina, just one comment from from her diary, my heart, this is our Lord's words to Faustina, my heart overflows with great mercy for souls, and especially for poor sinners. It is for them that the blood and water flowed from my heart as from a font overflowing with mercy, For them I dwell in the tabernacle as king of mercy. Um, So, dear one, go ahead to the Divine Mercy, one word, thedivinemercy.org, and look under um, message, devotions, forms of devotions. It'll give you the chaplet. It'll give you the history of the Divine Mercy. And um, uh, and you will be able to um, receive... Un, it, unbound graces. And on the Feast of Divine Mercy, we are promised that if we meet the requirements of going, um, well, actually, not even that, uh, just to go to church on Divine Mercy Sunday and ask God's forgiveness and the world forgiveness, you, you become like a newborn babe um, without any actual sin and also better than a newborn babe because the sins that separate us from God through Adam and Eve are forgiven, totally cleansed. And so many Catholics do not know the graces that our Lord longs to pour out on us on Divine Mercy Sunday, but also through the year. Mercy is his greatest attribute. So, beloved, if you're listening, um, if you have not been uh, to Mass, if you've been living in mortal sin, If you've been away from the church, if you're not Catholic, our Lord wants you to come home. Through his merciful heart, there is no sin greater than his mercy. He waits for you. He waits for you in the confessional of the Catholic Church. When you go into that confessional, yes, there's a man on the other side, but you are speaking to God. God alone forgives sins. And when that priest says I absolve you he's not saying it the priest for all our purposes does not even exist it is Christ the high priest who says I absolve you it is Christ who forgives you through the instrument instrumentality of his human priest go to any priest in any Catholic Church and if the confessionals not open pound on the refectory door Um, on the rectory door, rather, and tell him that you want to return home, come home forgiven and filled with grace and hope for heaven. God bless you, beloved. We'll speak with you tomorrow.